Welcome to Pod from a Fog, a theme park and haunt podcast. I am Keith, and this is Luke. Hello, hello. Today we're taking a trip to Amity Island to ride Captain Jake's Amity boat tour. And before we get to Amity Island, we have news and rumors as always. Luke, you want to kick us off? Yeah, give me Disney, why don't you? <laughs> you can do Disney, so... SeaWorld, Universal, whichever one. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with that. Let's, let's start with Disney. I feel like SeaWorld, we got a lot of back and forth from what we've talked about, so... Disney yeah. seems pretty straightforward. Let's kick off with that. So, Disney, ever the uh, expanding enterprise, announced their Disney Cruise Line will be welcoming guests to Lighthouse Point in summer of 2024. Uh, Disney describes this as a one-of-a-kind island destination and will be a unique celebration of uh, Bahamian culture. I believe in the Bahamas they actually call it Bohemian. Uh, Bohemian culture brought to life with the quality and Serviera of a Disney vacation. Uh, yeah. Oh. I... The pictures look nice. I think it looks very Moana-y, which I think is a disservice to Moana. But <laughs> it also, like, it... You need more to do on these Disney cruises, because right now they just go to Castaway K. PK, yeah. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. However, they want because I've heard it both ways. Um, but you go there, and that's really all you do. Like you go cruise there, cruise back. Yeah, pretty much that is your cruises for at least from Florida. At least this gives you a little bit of spice. Maybe we get a pick now. Yeah, it's looking at these pictures. It does. I'll say it's. It looks pretty. It looks colorful. It does look tropical. But the thing is, it doesn't say. It doesn't scream. Oh. This is the Bahamas. It screams theme park tropical, you know? Yeah. This and looks like... like something that they'd put up at Bush Gardens at Mardi Gras. Uh, and never mind the fact that one of these pictures has a guy in a Chris Chan shirt, which is kind of horrifying. I see that. <laughs> um, I think the fun thing I can see is like one of the concept arts has Sebastian with a splash pad, and that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like. It's not Bahamian. It's not Bahamian. And I also can't really tell who the characters are, but. I think a really big plus, uh, we have a handicapped person in concept art, which we don't really see that pretty often, actually. Yeah. So, um, I guess that's cool. I mean, it's cool. It's it's good for something to do. For somebody, for more people to do stuff, let's do it. I'm down. Just get more things for the cruise line that I probably will never afford. Yeah, me, me either. If I go on a cruise, probably one of the cheaper ones is going to sink in the middle of the Caribbean, but... I digress. Hey. Uh, on a slightly, uh, well, for me, less interesting, but for probably a lot of Marvel fans, a lot better, because I'm a tropical nerd. Uh, different news, let's say. Cassie Lang and Kang the Conqueror are now available to meet at Avengers Campus in California Adventure. Um, yeah, I Cassie how that works. is here to stay, but Kang isn't. Kang is a limited-time okay. character. Which is kind of weird for me because, like, he's your next big bad. Why would you not be plastering across the universe? But it's because they don't really have a plan for anything. This phase. I mean, hopefully they do. I hope. I hope yeah. everything comes down at the end, and then we we have a plan. But I, hey, more characters to me and greet. That's that's exactly what I love, love about that land is the characters. So let's keep giving yeah. it pluses. Um, I oh, wish oh, I could oh, be no. king. <laughs> okay. Big uh, fan of yeah, King, I'm, huh? 
I am. I love King. I absolutely adore him. And he was really good in the movie. I like thoroughly like the best part of the movie. And that's that's um, that is a take that I have heard regularly. Even from people I mean, who didn't like the movie, which I haven't seen. Oh, but... I didn't like I wouldn't say I didn't dislike it, but I didn't like it. It was kind of yeah. like just there. It was it was a movie. And King, like anytime Jonathan Majors was on screen, I'm like, yo, you're selling everything right now. I, I'll I'll watch any movie you're in right now. I know, I know he's also uh, the antagonist in Creed Three, which is out right now. So yeah. it's a big year for Jonathan Majors. Yeah, I mean, you landed a Marvel deal to play your next big bad. I think that's like the biggest yeah. deal you can make. Um, Unless you're Nick Cage, quote unquote. I don't need <laughs> to be in the MCU. I'm Nick Cage. But he's Nick Cage. He's, he's he Nick was Cage. Nick, he's Nick Cage. <laughs> But uh, anyway, continuing California Adventure, uh, the California Food and Wine Festival started March 3rd, six days ago as of the time of recording, and will run till April 25th. Uh, food and Wine Festivals tend to be a great part of theme parks, in my opinion. I, I do love SeaWorlds. Uh, I think I've yet to experience Busch Gardens, but I love SeaWorlds. So I can only imagine that Disney just goes ham with it. Yeah. I, I've never been to California Adventures, um, but of course I've been to see, uh, Epcot's and all that. So um, I could not really find a lot of menus, but their major part of their park that was like the driving force for the food festivals is gone. It, it, it's under construction to become San Francisco. So maybe it's less boost and I just, I, I don't know. I I just figured it was worth including because if you're going out there and you're listening, hey, you now know you can go experience more food offerings and wine. And they they heavily on the wine out there in Cali. I know that much. But that's kind of it for Disney. Um, SeaWorld Parks looking great as big, always. Hopefully big news for SeaWorld on the horizon. Again, we, I know we keep harping on about that change of leadership, but I hoping a change actually like leads to good changes yeah me too but um icebreaker went down on march 6th and we'll be back up tomorrow march 10th so about a week refurbishment um and as of today march 9th the, none of the trains that were currently on the track not in the maintenance bay had comfort collars they only had the lap bars which will end up making this become a family coaster again yeah, which I'm excited about this change. Um, I'm, I'm not. I know there's a lot of opinions about comfort collars, lap bars, and whatnot. Um, I don't particularly mind either way, but I feel like lap bars give you a bit more freedom during mobility. Which that's I, all this right is. Yeah, it, it's mobility. It goes sideways, completely sideways. It's gonna just be a, a whole another feeling there. You know, I have a feeling the comfort car collars were purely there because of the pike and the fact that you were like coming out of your seat at the top of that pike going yeah. beyond vertical and all that stuff but sadly like i i get why it was there but i hopefully i think they fixed it and they're like hey this is what we're doing now and hopefully come tomorrow when it reopens they're like hey come on and that that beyond vertical spike is gonna be awesome with the lap bar oh yeah i cannot wait i i'm oh man I, I honestly am excited to ride it the next time so I can yeah. experience that. But going like just like two feet from SeaWorld going to Aquatica, uh, they quietly announced an attraction opening this spring called 
Turi's Kid Cove. And the press release read, Grab your best buddies and get your splish splash spray, spray and play in this all new water adventure attraction filled with water palms, tipping buckets, spraying jets, water bubbles, and more. Plus, your kids can grab a tube and glide into the all new Tamariki Twirl, a kid sized wave slide designed for just for them. Turi's Kid Cove will be tucked away between Big Surf Shores and Mango Market. I don't know why they didn't announce this, announce this. They just, like, threw it up on their website and was like, hey, yeah. people will find out eventually. I mean, I get Aquatica isn't, like, a massive priority for SeaWorld. Um, I don't see why. It can make so much money. It's got Steve yeah. Irwin. But it, it really just kind of feels like they didn't even bother with announcing it. Like, I, I don't, I, I'm usually decently caught up with, like, the affairs of the SeaWorld Corporation. Uh, but I wasn't aware of this. You had to tell me. <laughs> yeah, I, I, if I didn't have to scroll through, I scroll through Twitter, like, every time, right for like, an hour or two before we record yeah. and try to jumble up all the news that happened within the week. And this happened two weeks ago, I learned. And I'm like, how did none of us see this? Like, what? And so I had to double check. I wanted to double check the source, and I'm like, I went to their website. And I'm like, oh no, it's just out there. Cool. Um, if you're a adult wanting to play in this child play area, you need a child. Like they literally said, you need a person under like X inches, and it's like you need like a small child. It's not like a baby splash pad, but it's like a kid one, yeah. which they already have one of those. And I'm like, why well, have another? Why not just make another slide? Well, so when I, I went there as a kid, that. <laughs> the kids area was completely slammed oh yeah so, i mean i haven't been there in years a little traffic you know yeah um you want to go and take the next one because of your beloved uh yes my beloved SeaWorld orlando so there's been a few rumors spinning around with or SeaWorld orlando uh, namely detailing the Arctic section, or the Antarctic section, um, which I, I'm not sure if it's been out at this point or if it will, or what's going on with it. We did do a whole episode on, uh, the Antarctic and Arctic sections of the pole. It should Check be out within out. the next, like, week or two. It should be out within the next week or two. Check that out. It's a great episode, if you don't mind me tooting my horn. I, um, I enjoyed it a lot. But, yeah, Bush and the... The SeaWorld Corporation has started a lot of potential first steps with things in both SeaWorld and Orlando, and SeaWorld Orlando particularly might be getting some stuff big. A few permits have been filed, and I believe Intamin put something up on their website hinting at something. Uh, yeah, and then quickly took it away. And then quickly took it away, which, you know, usually means something. But uh, the rumor that I have heard is that we are getting Arctic Rescue. Uh, the, I don't want to say infamous, but the decently popular, theoretically... I don't think it's even open yet. Yeah, but I've seen a lot of people talk about it. <laughs> a lot of concept arts. It's going to be popular. I, will I hope that. so. Because it looks like it's good for... It's a family coaster. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't even have an opening date yet. No. So. It was announced last September. So I'm yeah. calling it now going to be decently popular. Looks like we're getting something similar in 
Orlando, if not the exact same thing, because that is an intimate coaster. Um, I know you had some thoughts about this. I did as well. You take that away first. I think we will be seeing this purely because a it it's the theme, um, and b you can easily put the exit of the ride right into that penguin exhibit, like pretty easily. I feel like. And you would just be able to keep like keep the building, maybe do some rock work changes and fit it in through the like the land itself. Maybe shut down the land for a year and just do maintenance on the land and everything. And get away from that like super penguin heavy theming and focus more on the Antarctic part of the land. And it, I think it would be good. I think they're still trying to be the coaster capital of the world, even when Universal is opening four of them in one park. Like, yeah. it's it's kind of scary seeing that Universal is like wringing their head with that. Um, I I had some opinions about this, which we covered beforehand. Um, on it, it's mixed feelings because on one hand, it is a coaster that I'm personally very interested in, which perhaps kind of influences why I think it's going to be. A popular coaster. I like my big swooping coasters, you know. Um, and I like Intamin. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, I I don't like... I, I think, and I, I'm not sure if this is a hot take or not, I think that the coaster capital of Orlando thing is one of the worst decisions they've made in years. It's a I weird think they should have focused... marketing push. What was that? It's a really weird marketing push. It's a weird marketing push. I think they... And this is I I I I hope this isn't a hot take because this is what I see a lot on Twitter accounts and whatnot. They really should have buckled down and focused on improving and streamlining uh, the extremely unique SeaWorld experience, rather than just going more coasters, more coasters, more coasters. Because I do like the coasters that we've gotten, um, just rides in general. You know, Icebreaker I like, Infinity Falls I love, um, but. I don't think they need to pump out more coasters, especially because, and we've touched on this before, everyone complains about this. If there's a storm, which there are a lot of in Orlando, there's nothing to do at SeaWorld. You know what the answer to that is? You can see the beluga whales. You can see the belugas, which, one of the best parts of the park, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I love belugas, I love the uh, uh, wild arctic, but... They're putting a new coaster. If if this rumor is true, they are putting a new coaster where they have two defunct dark rides, which work perfectly fine in storms unless they get struck by lightning and set on fire, which is not going to happen because they have a million different hired spots in, in SeaWorld Orlando. But Yeah, Disney thought so too, and the t- then Rise of Resistance got struck by lightning. Yeah. But either way, it's it's a hell of a lot better to be in a uh, dark ride than on a, I don't know, Mako <laughs> during a thunderstorm. Yeah. Um, I... But it's just, I think, why do this? Just fix your dark rides, reopen those, take a little bit of pressure off the other parts of the park, because, frankly, it Mako, or Manta still has a, a 35 to 40 minute wait time half the time. If not higher. But it also is a really yeah. bad capacity ride, so... Yeah. But it's like, you need something to take pressure off other si- other parts, have more people things to do. I will say, as a whole, SeaWorld Orlando is genuine, generally pretty good with how their rides are spread out. But... If there's a storm, no one's doing anything. Get those dark rides up and running. I love dark rides. I know you love dark rides. Yeah. 
and I don't know, I, I'm rambling here, but it's really, again, I, I would love to ride Arctic Rescue, either in Orlando or San Diego or both, but not at the expense of those dark rides. There were great dark rides. Yeah, I, it's exciting to see what they're doing. I hope it's not I just doing stuff, you know. I hope it's not just a here we go. We're doing round one of new coasters. I mean, you never know. Like they they could be like, hey guys, we're gonna get like weird dark rides going, and we're gonna get weird dark rides, or we're not, and they're just gonna double down on this coaster capital of Orlando. I hope they don't, for the love of God, because they specifically said, oh. Let's return to 2008 peak attendance. What did they have during 2008? They had like two coasters. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, I think that kind of wraps it up for SeaWorld. Yeah. It's interesting stuff going on there, I definitely think. But yes, yes. It's, again, rumors, and then Aquatica was just quietly just did their thing, and Icebreaker is, I'm, I'm very interested in see Icebreaker and how it, how it rides. It's gonna... very interested to ride Icebreaker now. Yeah. <laughs> But we're going to shift away over to Universal, and I'm going to let you take this first little couple segments, the first two, because I just have a lot to say, and I kind of want you to get the word out there. Yeah, I'll get a little bit in, because I know Keith's got some uh, exciting things that he, he's very interested in, so I'll, you'll have to bear with me for a little bit more, folks. The first, Universal Orlando, not Universal Parks and Resorts Orlando, Universal Destinations and experiences um yeah it's a name change uh together with a big rebranding uh recently sometime in the last two or three days they've also done new logos uh most of the logos look fine uh we do have opinions about islands of adventure i think we're more or less in uh agreement on me and keith yeah i i don't like these, this new name man it's Universal Parks and Resorts. It's punchy. You know what it is. Universal Destinations and Experiences. It sounds like it should be said by an English guy. I think I know why they're doing it, and I like why they're doing it, so I hope yeah. why they're doing it is purely to bring the Fresco and Texas, in, the Fresco and the Vegas thing online, so it's when you come online with those, it's no longer about just the parks and the resorts. It's about the experience experiences and destinations that you can do at you know with universal yeah and i understand i like the idea like i i love and i've mentioned this earlier when we had talked about um ah, it must have been the first or second episode when we had talked about the uh a lot of big theme parks going towards uh, uh puzzle rooms and whatnot i love the idea of theme parks pivoting more towards available experiences yeah, but and I, I just think Universal this name doesn't that. hit well, as good. No, I don't either. I, it doesn't roll off the tongue, and I, and I, I think it sounds weird. But and experience. It sounds like a, a cruise it, line. I think we'll get used to it. Just like yeah, we're getting. I got used to Hollywood Studios when it used to be MGM Studios. Or uh, uh, um, and the, the new logos look. Yeah, that too. Um. I mean, I still call it Downtown Disney pretty often, yeah, I still but call it Downtown Disney. <laughs> it, for me, my, I think the biggest thing is I look at it and I'm like, wow, I generally don't get these logo changes. Like Islands is like a red in the center now, and I'm like, what? What about Islands is red? Yeah, it's like 
I, I'm okay with a lot of the other ones because they don't go full. They don't go full Firefox. It's not just corporate minimalist bullshit, you know. It's the Volcano Bay one's pretty Firefoxy, but pretty, I like the know, Volcano Bay like one. You, Universal Studios one, I I can I can dig it. I I understand it. Islands of Adventure is. I could look at that and see how it can get worse. That's that's its saving grace, you know. It's oh, not I... only does it just look it looks less it has less character than the old comic booky Islands of Adventure logo. Mm-hmm. It's just when you look at them when you look at the logo next to the other new ones, the other ones have a very cool palette, you know. Volcano Bay, it's a water park, it's blue. Universal, their their logo's a globe, it's blue. Epic yeah. Universe looks like the Doctor Who logo. And then Islands of Adventure looks like uh, the sun. It's a ball of magma. Like, what is this? So, Why is it... Re- it looks like that one Pokemon, the, like Solarn or whatever. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there, but um, I don't know. Islands is so bad, but I think the thing that makes me, like, I, I legit hate it is if you look at the Studios one, um, where it says, like, in Florida, it says OR. The South America is cut off. Where in the original one, it's not. It goes into the <laughs> state, like behind it all. And I'm like, guys, this is your official logo, and it's just cut off. Sorry, South America. <laughs> it, I just Universal's decided that you don't exist. And like, I'm worried the rebranding is going to be more than just this. It could hit the park it could hit the archways it could hit so much more and this color scheme and this like style of font and everything is just in line with how they did the rebranding of like the welcome to universal sign a couple weeks ago so that is that is a thing i'm gonna keep with universal orlando here and we're gonna talk about the cinematic celebration which opened on July 18th, 2018, and has closed officially now. But this wasn't the first time it closed. It closed in 2020 for several months due to uh, social distancing reasons, and then reopened in October 2020, right in time for Halloween Horror Nights. And then that's really been it. It's kind of been stagnant on and off, um, depending on when you go if there's seasonal events, whatever, and then it kind of silently went away. Like they announced it today, but the last show was last night, and they did a big hurrah last night. But no one knew the last night was the last night unless you were there. And it's kind of like, really, okay, this is your nighttime spectacular, and it's just silently killed. Sunset like the night, but. This does not mean there is an end for nighttime shows at Universal. Um, recently, there were some drones flying over one of the parks that we saw doing symbols and it, it very like through trees uh, video um, was circulated around Twitter for a little bit. I think it could be interesting um, overall, but I, I'm excited to see if what drones do to a nighttime show to make it better than fireworks and water projection. So, overall, I think it's an interesting change. Um, other than that, we're going to go over to Islands of Adventure, and at Honey Dukes, they're selling Florian Fortescue's ice cream, those being 
four flavors of those that you can be you picked up there being butterbeer, strawberry peanut butter, vanilla, and Dutch chocolate. Have you had any of these ever? I have not. At least the not, butterbeer? Not there. You know, I've had obviously vanilla. <laughs> yeah. Their butterbeer is pretty good. It's only soft serve normally, so I'm wondering if they finally like hard packed it and they're just putting it in containers because it's little like to go containers. I mean, and shipping it over. It's it's alright. It's very common. Which... But... Yeah. The um, itself. Still in Islands, Hagrid's has reopened from its like two week refurbishment period. Um its damages have been repaired. It's kinda of running just as Hagrid's had. Like all my hopes of them like maybe touching up touching up stuff. No, they didn't. It's still just the same old park or a ride not park um the fun thing is donkey kong concept art came out this week yeah from japan but it's also coming here and it's gonna be a clone so we do know what we're gonna be seeing looks so um cool, dude. it looks so cool i'm so excited um i think the biggest thing with that for me was you can see a name on that concept art um, if you kind of piece in the letters that are missing behind a tree, it says Minecart Madness. I think that would be a fantastic name. It certainly fits. Oh, it it's, does. That's what and it is. <laughs> I, I love that, like, you're going to be walking up and you're going to see the cannon or the barrel shoot out the uh, cart across a hump. Like, that's going to feel so cool to see as soon as you walk up. Um, it looks huge, and we've started to see tile pieces get epic so we should be seeing theme getting put on very soon i think um but i think that kind of wraps up orlando if i'm not mistaken I think so. yeah so the big thing that happened i think to me and overall i think a lot of people think this is big if you look at the implication of it japan had a very interesting thing debut called the No Limits Parade. De debuted on March 1st. And this parade brought with it characters of Hello Kitty and Dear Darling, the Peanuts, the Despicable Me Crew, Sesame Street, the characters of Sing, the Mario Kart characters, and the very first major theme park appearance of, the po of Pokemon in a Pokemon float. That is huge. Yeah like absolutely massive and i don't know if you've seen anything on this at all i have not so they have people holding like plushies almost plushies of animal of pokemon like in their hands while dancing but there's two puppeteers that are puppeteering a ho and lugia oh puppets. wow they're, they're going back oh yeah and then on the float itself there's a charizard of course and of course. Um, i'm not even the a big charizard, pokemon guy and it's like oh of course the charizard is a robot it touches its head and its Ooh. wings flap and i'm like oh they did it but i think this is really big and just general because now we officially have the first universal branded pokemon merchandise that's awesome um it's not much um i, I looked at what just the pokemon is and it's like a bun down shirt a headband and like shoes i think it was it wasn't a lot um but it's merchandise which is good to have and then 
I think it just it just goes to show that like the Nintendo deal wasn't just Mario like we thought. Which yeah. the Mario Kart one is really cool because Mario is a character on the actual parade float, but Bowser is on that and he's not a character. He's like a robot and he's like moving and all that. It looks pretty cool. It's not like very fluid because it's on a parade float, but it looks really cool. Along with No Limit debuting, we got food, which ties into the event. And oh, food, my beloved. <laughs> I, I have to talk about it because I think one thing about Japan is when I went, they blew food out of the water with everything. And when I went, they had like a Jaws churro and it was Jaws like breading eating the churro and the churro was shaped like the orca a little bit it was really cool i liked it a lot um they just get really innovative with their stuff so i liked i wanted to mention something that was innovative and then i think everything about this was just super innovative so we have a food tent or stand i, I want to say it's more of a stand it's like a, a food stand that is selling pokemon food the first one is the splash squirtle vanilla Cheritos. this looks super cool it it looks like it's like vanilla blue icing is what i've heard it tastes like with on a churro like a cinnamon sugar churro churros, man. <laughs> and the wrapping has bulbasaur on it or not bulbasaur a squirtle on it and it, it's just cute i think it's really cute the other one the other two items are a waggling tail Pikachu pizza bun. It's people said it's like a bao bun with pizza. Sounds great. I love bao buns. So, and the other thing is a Bulbasaur cup with a melon so frozen. I'm guessing it's like a slushy. I'm not sure. I couldn't really find what that is, but it's a little sippy cup you get to take home. It's like $14, and it's cute as hell. I think it's amazing. The other No Limit items is a Mario Kart cookie stand that sells the Fire Cookie and Superstar Cookies. I have actually learned these are just sugar cookies. Yeah, they kind of look like them. But that's fine when it's sugar themed. Slap. <laughs> the next one is a Snoopy treat stand where they're selling the smiling yeah. snoopy donut this has like cream inside of it as it's, well it looks it, so good it's like covered it looks like, so it looks like good yeah it, i thought it was cake for the longest time and then it's actually you know a wonderful thing called a donut um there is a stand that is In not themed really but hey it has got some good sounding food in it those being the Hello Kitty and Sesame Street food items, being the Dazzling Ribbon Hello Kitty bun with cheese and pork filling, along with the Let's Dance Sesame Street orange cupcake. I that's They both look interesting. I, I definitely think if I was going to get one, I would be getting the uh, pork filling cheese bell bun Hello Kitty face over the orange cupcake because I'm not a big cupcake cupcake fan um and a big thank you to universal news today for all your pictures and info and everything i literally could not find anything else besides like your guys's stuff and like one other video to watch 
and I was like, I'm super glad I, this is here. Um, and then starting on the 13th of March, the Japanese parks will be allowing guests to decide if they want to remove their masks inside the parks for the first time since the COVID, um, since COVID. So I think that's kind of big news. Um, most people tend to wear masks out there as it is. So it's pretty common, but I'm glad that you now have the option if you decide to go to the parks. But I think that's about it. Um, is there anything else you want to cover within the actual news and rumors area? I think I think we can jump into the meat and potatoes of this episode. Yeah, so as I said, the uh, main topic is Amity Island and more specifically the Jaws the Ride, a.k.a. Amity Boat Tours segment of Universal Studios Florida more specifically, but I have been to Japan. I don't really have much of that in the thing of it because I think my memories are mostly of Amity in Florida. And I think this is, as, as, as we talked about last week with Jurassic Park being like one of our favorite rides, I think this is a ride that will go down in history as like something that they... It's gone, and it sucks that it's gone, but it's a God damn good damn, ride. Good. <laughs> it's I'm one of the best. I'm still mad that, like, listen, Harry Potter is cool. The, the rides are cool. The rides are cool. But Jaws. Yeah, and I guess we can kind of get into, like, a general, like, feeling of how we feel about the land and the ride as a whole before yeah. we actually get into, like, our... A ride overview, as I like to call it, because that's truthfully what it is. But this is more of a ride and land or overview. So, for me, this is a land and a ride that was quintessential universe, 1990s Universal, where the tagline was Ride the Movie, because yeah. you rode that movie. You were there when the shark attacked. And I think the story of, like, you're in Amity two years after the events, and you're a tourist and they're just putting on a festival and they're like, yeah, I think in the jaws ride canon, the jaws movie exists as an adaptation of the events, which is yeah. hilarious. Yeah. So the events, so the ride, the movie came out in 1995 or 1975. Um, and the, the events of the, uh, movie took place in 1974 and the ride canon. And so like you're a tourist going to go visit, the spots where Steven Spielberg based his movie off of. And, like, it's joyfully hilarious to me, like, how meta that is. Yeah. <laughs> it's and, like, we, we had a good laugh about the, the Jurassic Park, how screwy the Jurassic Park cannon got with Jurassic Park, the ride. This is just... Oh, it straight up <laughs> throws the cannon out the body yeah. because, like, the ride cue, there's points where, like, Quint is, like, comes up to the camera and they're like, who are you? And he's like... I'm Quint, and they're like, what do you mean? He's like, I survived. I waited till the shark shit me out, pretty much. And it's like, what? What? You died. Like, we watched you die. It's, it's such like, a goofy or, ride, too. It's just, you know, the Jurassic Park goofy, takes but... Jurassic Park seriously, but this is just, it's goofy. It's fun. It's awesome. It's genuinely scary it's... if you're a kid, but it's goofy like that. I think it's goofy till you hit the boat, and once you get on the boat, it becomes serious. And I think yeah. that's exactly what what Jurassic Park needed to do and didn't do. 
because I think this ride literally is the best like boat ride I've ever been on. I I, I, I can't think, think I of anything agree, better. Yeah. It's either this or Jungle Cruise purely because I really like having a skipper, having that person that's up front and talking to you and interacting with you, the crowd. It it feels really good. That's part of the reason um, why I don't like Kong at Islands of Adventure, where they have just the mannequin up there. It's like this. Feels oh, it's not a mannequin. It's a, it's a, a very articulate robot, actually. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just, but it doesn't have still. the same charm as having an actual person up there who can kind of you know BS their speech, kind of fit in well, a little, you know. Yeah, I, I I've heard stories. Um, I don't want to cite who it was because they still work for the company, but one of them was like one of the ex employee or old Jaws skippers was like, yeah. There's a time where I was working and there was like a, a moment in the spiel where you go 10-4 and it's later on in the ride. Well, he said 10, it says 10-4, he said okie dokie. And he heard on his earbud from his boss later that day, okie dokie and got in trouble for saying that. Universal really wanted you to stick to that script. And I feel like that was a Spielberg thing. Yeah, more than a universal thing. It's always more fun when they can kind of BS it a little, like oh, uh, absolutely, Rhino Rally at Bush, or I mean, even that Jungle Cruise. Jungle Cruise's like Skipper book is huge because yeah. there are so many different jokes you can play and all that. Like even but... the train at Bush Gardens, they you're not going to hear the same person tell the same jokes more than once. Or I mean, if you get the same guy on your train, you are, but different people aren't going to say the same jokes. Yeah, it gives you some nice little changing libbiness that is, I think, sorely missed out of theme parks nowadays. Yeah. Um. So as we as I said, we are talking about the Jaws attraction, but before we get to the ride and the land, I think something to really highlight is the origins of this. That being, where this all came from, and. Jaws the Ride is based on the 1975 movie of the same name, Jaws the Ride. Absolutely. And I rewatched it for the, uh, the, I rewatched one and two to prepare myself for this because that's what the two versions of the ride were based on. And it is based on the ride where guests would embark on a boat tour around Amity Island coming face to face with the meat old shark. That is exactly the wording they used in the map and it's utterly hilarious where they're like yeah oh that mean old bastard the mean old shark and i find it funny that even like we're gonna keep going to this q video but or even on the ride they literally call the shark jaws not the shark where in the movie it's actually just called the shark and they're like hey shark um i find it funny but I digress on that one. Is Jaws the Ride opened in Universal Studios Florida on June 7th, 1990. It's an opening day attraction along with Confrontation, Earthquake the Big One, and E.T. Adventure. Much like Kong and Earthquake, Jaws was plagued with technical problems from the get-go. A few days later, on June 10th, Jaws opened its doors until later in 1990, where, as the form that we originally saw it, kind of would see a rocky like couple years before they fully shut down and 1992 where it would eventually reopen a couple years later and 
have a completely new ride uh, finale i should say not a ride but a new finale and i think i think it's a good thing that this ride had such a rough start because i feel like if we saw the version that the 1990 version was it has less shark in it that's not good i, I want more shark and i'm kind of glad we got to get away from that and we got to have the 1993 version where we got to see more sharks and add a few new scenes overall the 1990 version of the ride was designed by universal ride and show engineering incorporated but after that the 1992 version they would take upon take apart the ride and bring it to new companies these new companies would be eastport international who would help with the robotic systems oceaneering international which which eventually was bought out by oceaneering international and typically wide systems were hired they, yes they did the Intamin Rides would end up doing the track for it. Regal Marine Industries would be hired for the boats, and the majority of the ride systems would be used for iTech Entertainment, a company Universal still uses to this day for many, many systems. In 1993, the version most people know, and that me and you know, obviously, because we are not old. I'm not 45 no. years old, no. Yeah. Um, no, this day is opened its doors, and this version made some changes to the finale and opened its doors to overwhelming success. People adored it from the get-go. Because it was awesome. It really was. And I think the origins really just highlight, like, what this ride was and how much work and love went into it because they wanted it to work so bad. There are rumors that Steven Spielberg went on this ride twice and completed it. That's a, twice more than he completed Jurassic Park, so... Yeah. Well, to be fair, Jaws didn't have a big drop. No, but it had a big shark. Yeah. But, you want to take the next segment of ours? I'll take it. So, Jaws, the ride, and the movie take place in... Amity Island, a fictional place in Rhode Island, I believe. Uh, Northeast. Americans, you know the place. Now, Amity shared its space with the San Francisco part of Universal Studios Florida. Um, land itself, obviously, is Amity Island, somewhere in New England. I believe it's Rhode Island specifically. I could be wrong. It's you actually just... are. It is, it is off New England's coast. Just Take him someone who knows people from Rhode Island. Jaws sounds like something that would happen in Rhode Island. It's the Florida of New England. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> the land itself stuck perpetually in a 4th of July celebration, just like the movie. Uh, even during the events of other holidays like Christmas, constantly 4th of July. It's a Groundhog Day for Patriots. Uh, the theming of the land itself takes place one year after the movie was released. Once again, kind of playing off the fact that Jaws happened in this fictional universe, both the shark and the movie. There were three restaurants in Amity. There was Amity's world-famous fried chicken. Guess what was there? 
Midway, the grill, and Captain Quint's Boardwalk Snacks. Midway, uh, Midway, the grill, was famous for its Nathan's Hot Dogs. I uh, sold different kind of hot dogs, ranging from a slaw dog to Reuben dogs. I don't like hot dogs, so that sounds terrible. I don't know about you. but uh, I remember eating as a kid, but I can't stand hot dogs anymore, so I yeah. would never be able to. What I do like, though, is fried chicken. And, you know, Amity's world-famous fried chicken sold their world-famous fried chicken and funnel cake, popcorn, cotton candy, shakes, root beer floats, and ice cream floats, and whatnot. And their specialty item was the Digit, which was ice cream with Reese's Pieces, hot fudge, and whipped cream. That's, I am a large man. That sounds like dinner to me. Yeah, it, Quince, uh, Captain Quinn's Boardwalk Snacks uh, sold all the sweet side stuff. Um, and I think them having this item called the Digit, and I found it on a menu from like, 2008 and i'm like what the heck is this and i i just like really searched to find out what was in it and i'm like why is it not over by the et ride it has Reese pieces <laughs> yeah well i completely skipped line let me redo that uh amity's world famous fried chicken guess what they sold sold their world famous fried chicken fish and chips and turkey legs sorry you can edit that around as you need to my brain just skipped lines there you're good i'll mark those yeah um the only actual shop where you wouldn't get just food in Amity was Quinn's Surf Shack. Uh, it sold merch for the ride, but near the end of its life, it just switched to beachwear. You know, swim trunks and what have you. A uh, line between the restaurants and the gift shop leading to the ride were Midway Games that ended up getting repurposed over in Springfield, uh, the Simpson section, as part of the facade of Krusty Land. And most of them are similar or exactly the same as they were back in the day so if you got nostalgia for jaws go to the simpsons and i mean those parts are better than the ride anyway music loop for amity was the best hits from the 70s uh i believe you have some favorites on there yeah i personally like love saturday in the park by chicago a banger um, out of all the music out of all the music in that loop it's super good and you can find this loop on youtube um i generally enjoy listening to it every day I, I try to listen to it like once a week at least but um whenever saturday comes on i'm like yeah this is this is some back at amity let's go and there's actually a, a lyric in there relating to the fourth of july which is i kind of find it charming but yeah sure it's it on purpose probably yeah but uh upon entering the square where you hear you know all the 70s music who doesn't love 70s music some yacht rock oof uh, upon entering the square, there was a statue of that, as we made fun of earlier, mean old shark that once terrorized the town of Amity. And beside, behind him stood Captain Jake's Amity boat tour, the ride itself, and the entrance to the ride. Yeah, so I kind of want to make like a talk about the shark himself real quick, because that shark still hangs today at Universal Studios in front of Shea Alcatraz. Um, I forgot to note that in the show notes, but what's really cool with that is in the context of the ride they literally have a taxidermies like yeah they brought me the chunks of the shark and told me to taxidermist this shark and it's like what this thing blew up he's like yeah kind of stuck a bunch of whale fat in it <laughs> Called it so, a day. i i'm now imagining whenever i'm near bruce like the smell of whale like rotting whale fat because it's been so long man i love dishonored 
Yeah, such a good game. <laughs> so the queue was housed within three boathouses that held a maximum of 1,000 guests for up to 90 minutes, which is a pretty lengthy queue, if you honestly think about it. Yeah. The queue would have you enter Captain Jake's Amity Boat Tours, which comprised of a few boathouses along that held with switchbacks. The switchbacks held memorabilia within the movie of the movie, including Chief Brody's jacket, the harpoon gun Harper uses in the third act that has the like needle in, on it, and a, the poster that the mom made offering a three thousand reward for killing the shark. But what I think me and most other people remember is the Q video. The Q video is a 51 minute long, amazingly comedic Q video that literally sets up everything from fictional shops to every story beats to everything. You get to see Captain Jake and his little like walk around shark character. It's hilarious. And I am so glad Universal was like, hey, Thankfully, we have these people that love this ride. This 2022 Summer Tribute Store, they brought back the Jaws Q video inside the Jaws room, and it was the full 51 link Q video. Oh, I literally you. sat there in that room and watched it on the tiny TV, and the Q video, or the Tribute Store room, wasn't themed to a part of the Q itself, but to Quinn's Boat Shack from the movie, and it actually had the chair from the movie in it. With, like, the can of beer and everything. It was, like, his uh, fishing chair where he put his rod and everything. It was fantastic. I loved that room so much. But what I think I love the most about that is... Hey, the Q video was so entertaining. And upon that, you're going to see these, like, cheesy morning hosts on a WJWS, like, news station called Hey There Amity, and they played ads for all sorts of fictional shops that included wacky Wally's stereo. This guy would, like, smash stereos and then sell them for, like, $2 instead of the 150 He's like, not today. Or my personal favorite, the kids' show called Skipper Billy and his pal Sharky, where Sharky was, like, a really snarky puppet. I absolutely adored, like, that as a whole. Um... Do you have a favorite part of the Q video that you I remember? To be honest, I barely remember it. The only part I remember, because I went on Jaws as a, a, a youngin, little kid. Um, I must have been maybe anywhere from like five to eight. Sounds about uh, right. Yeah, and all I remember, because I was a kid, is Skipper Billy and Sharky. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't? Like, they're so memorable. And like, I think between that or the real versions of Quint, Brody, and Hooper... And, like, how they all killed their... Like, they all talked about how they killed the shark, not how they, like... it. It's super, like, meta, and I love it. But as a cue comes to an end, you row... You get in your row, and you face your boat. Your boat for the boat tours. And these boats, obviously, are the ride vehicles for the ride itself. It's a water ride, believe it or not. Uh... Crazy throughput on this thing. You could fit 50 guests onto each boat, and it would take you on a tour of Amity Island. Uh, the ride had up to five boats running at a time, but they had seven total. 
and the ride vehicles would move at an approximate speed of two knots, which is a nautical uh, measurement of speed, if you couldn't tell. Uh, the ride track itself is 1,140 feet long and had three track switches, uh, that being two near the unload that took boats in and out of storage, because obviously you can't have them just sitting there, and one near the loading docks that takes the boats into the maintenance boathouse. Uh, the ride itself is surprisingly five minutes long ex exactly. Uh, the ride canonically took place in a part of Amity called Amity Harbor, uh, and in Universal it was seven acres long and held five million gallons of water, which is a lot of water. I Insane. drink a lot of water. I don't even drink that much. So what I find really funny is that when I was looking through videos and even recalling my memory, I would always look at the maintenance bay thinking that was where we we're supposed to go because you could see the bumpers in the water mm -hmm. for the ride track. And there was bumpers in the water heading into a building. And I'm like, always like, why can't we go in the building? Now as an adult, I now know that pro that's now maintenance. And I'm like, oh, not for, that's not for why. Children. No, but I want to go in that building. Tools in there. <laughs> there was often people, um, I have a, I had a friend that worked on the ride. And they said that like the maintenance people would often blare like heavy metal music to blare out the sound of the ride. Because <laughs> you would just hear the... Uh, audio of the ride all the time and it's the part where they're like uh amity six to base amity six uh, i think that was gordon on amity three uh call over and it's like oh no i would hate to hear that, that all the time yeah just I, I yeah i i would also probably just blast some like celtic frost in the maintenance shed if i was them yeah, but the ride experience was it was a great experience overall. As, as I think we've both said, like I think this is a honestly a ride defining thing for me, and I think this cemented parts of my love for theme parks as a whole. I loved whole themed attractions and just everything along the lines like that. I love seeing like real animatronics and physical effects more than anything that's why like my favorite part of spider-man is the hobgoblin scene i because i love the fire that it comes out after it so i think it's just an excellent ride and let's dive right into that ride experience after setting off from load you're told that you're taking a scenic cruise to visit the actual locations of the shark attacks that occurred in the summer in 1974 which made amy famous made because of that movie that was made by Steven Spielberg and that all the boat to tours are protected by a 40 millimeter grenade launcher. The skipper reassures you, the guests, that they won't have to use them because the last time anyone saw a great white shark was in 1974. The tour begins as the boats pass the homes of Chief Brody, Mayor Larry Vaughn, and many different waterfront businesses. As the tour reaches a lighthouse out on the rocks, there is a distress signal from another skipper named Gordon. His call for help fall, falls into screams of terror, and our skipper contacts base to see what's going on with MD3 slash Gordon. As we round the jetty where the lighthouse is, we see the remains of MD3 sinking into Amity Harbor. On the port side of the boat, you see a dorsal fin rise out of the water. And the fin then submerges, passing under the boat, making it rock back and forth. In a panic, the skipper shoots a grenade launcher at the dorsal fin on the starboard side, missing it entirely. 
because the skipper didn't realize the grenade launcher was loaded. They shoot one more time and then miss again. And as the fit goes underwater, um, I think this is like the most iconic scene. Honestly, it's either this or the finale. What do you feel like? How do you feel about like a just the introduction of not seeing Jaws but seeing Jaws, and like the sharks themselves? It's the whole the way they treat the shark is very reminiscent of the movie where they really really tease you with it, which I feel like is just, it's the right way to go with Jaws, you know? Yeah, it, and then the teases are so interesting, and like they are massive animatronics in that water, yeah. as we'll get to in a little bit, because I think the, We say teases, but it's like you see like half the shark half the time. Yeah, and the water is like crystal blue, so you're always like able to see them, and I never noticed the boat moving back and forth when he goes underneath you, I, I don't, honestly, like, I, I remember it pretty vividly still, and I don't remember that feeling. But it, I guess that happened at one point or another. It might have been the 1990 version did that, and that's part of the reason it always broke down. Getting back to the ride, I actually the skipper radiators in. You do? Vaguely, yes. It's, wow. The skipper radios in to base, telling them, we're going to be hiding out in an old boathouse until Chief Brody gets there. As we enter the boathouse, the skipper looks around to find some place to tie up the boat. And as noise comes from the back of the boathouse, the skipper is trying to figure out why the walls of the boathouse are shaking, realizing the shark is trying to break in. The skipper tries to get out of the boathouse, but the ship won't, the ship won't drop into gear. But the but just as the boat does, the great the great shark bursts in the boathouse, grazing the side of the boat itself. This is a absolutely memorable scene. The boathouse, I think, is terrifying and like suspenseful, and it builds up so well that when like as soon as that ship drops into gear, you hear that screech and that shark comes up on that side. It's yeah, amazing. Leaving the boathouse, the boat pulls up near Bridwell's gas docks. Brody tells you he'll be there in 10 minutes, and the skipper says they will be shark bait in 10, ma 10 minutes. The skipper rearms himself with the grenade launcher. A fin appears heading towards the boat dock. The skipper shoots, missing, but hits the gas dock, which erupts into flames. The water now on fire, threatening to engulf the boat. The skipper pushes through the flames, heading towards it, head heading towards an old fishing dock. Or fishing pier, sorry. The skipper tells everyone they're going to unload at the old fishing pier that is next to a high-voltage barge. Just as we reach the pier, the shark fin reappears, heading towards right towards us. The shark emerges on the port side, biting down on a submerged power cable, electrocuting itself, a charred corpse. Then of the shark surfaces on the other side of the barge, making one final lunge at the boat. The skipper shoots it. One last time, finally hitting and destroying the shark. As you pull into unload, the skipper tells Brody to call off the Marines, and we are coming home. I think this is a absolutely fantastic finale. From like a boathouse to unload, it is all stakes are ramped up to ten. Yeah. And I actually have a pretty fun fact about those gas docks. You went to Halloween Horror Nights in uh, Halloween Horror Nights 30. Did you yes. end up going through the Texas Chainsaw House? I don't believe I did. 
Okay, well, in the facade was the gas station of Texas Chainsaw. Okay. And the gas pumps out front were the exact ones used every single day to spew fire in the air in the Jaws ride. Along with that, the gas lines that are connected to the dragon on top of Gringotts is the same exact gas lines that would use for the ride. Very, it's... very uh, economical they are at Universal. Yeah, and I I love that. Like, yeah. I was taking the unmasking um, tour, and during Halloween Horror Nights 30, and my tour guide was like, anybody here a fan of Jaws before we go on the ride? And I was, I guess, the only soul in my group that ever rode that ride, and I raised my hand, and he goes, okay, prepare the tear ducts. And I went, why? We're going to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and we walk in, and he goes, touch those. And I touched them, and he's like, you just touched a part of the ride. I went, what? You're joking. <laughs> it was super cool. Man, I, that's that's the good thing about Universal. They just put all these Easter eggs, their older rides, and absolutely literally everything. They do always. Yeah. Uh, but onto the ride itself again, because we keep we digress. But there's so much to digress about this ride. Um, the shark itself is seen seven times throughout the ride: five on the port and two on the starboard. If you don't know what that means. You're not a real sailor. Go back to boat school. Originally, uh, when the shark's fins would appear and move back and forth, imitating swimming motion, uh, but that was disabled eventually because it would knock the shark off track. Much like the Jaws movie itself, a lot of issues with the shark animatronics. They don't tend to like water. No, no, they don't. Uh, The animatronics would move through the water at speeds of up to 20 feet per second, which is a lot. With and thrust with the power equal to that of a Boeing 737 at takeoff, which are powerful animatronics, especially yeah. for the 90s. Yeah, and like I couldn't figure out if they were talking about the 90s version or the 2000 or the 1993 version. Either way, but it doesn't matter. It, that's a three year difference, no matter what you're talking about. That is insane. And, like, there are pictures with the, like, water, like, gutted out, and it's just the trenches with the, with the sharks you can find online. And it is terrifying how, like, huge those sharks are, honestly. And I I never got to see a picture of the boathouse one, but I would love to see that. If anyone's got one out there and you're because... happy to be listening to this small-ass podcast, send it to Keith's way. Send it Keith's way. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, that thing came out, like, with energy so yeah but jaws the ride wasn't was always used for something during halloween horror nights it felt like especially in the early days i have some really interesting examples of what it was used for in the beginning and during the middle it got used a lot honestly during halloween horror nights but the one that i want to kind of note on first was the bloody waters version of the ride which was during Halloween Horror Nights 10, where Jaws the Ride got turned into bloody waters. The description on the map reads, The Great White Shark is the least of your worries on this boat trip. There's not really much known about it. I found one single video where Jack the Clown was in the boathouse scene, and he kills a man with a hook in a raincoat very similar to the killer and i know what you did last summer and then sprays them 
the riders with water like he just grabs like a bu there's a bucket of water and he grabs like a hose and sprays them with water but other than that the ride seems pretty normal but again i'm using early 2000s night vision camera footage and it's not the greatest and i'm so glad we have good cameras now yeah i'm, I'm hoping that i mean <laughs> bloody waters it sounds cool but you gotta keep the shark. I don't, I'm not gonna go on a water The shark was still there, okay. and he still did his stuff, but Jack was on the... So, like, the shark was on your right, Jack uh, was on your left. Yes. But and it's this kind of... God, it would be so cool to see that ride at night still, though. Yeah, it, it was... It's very pretty at night. And something I actually did not mention in the Horror Night segment area, and I actually just remember off the top of my head... In the Amity Island area, or on the ride somewhere within the land, Boris Schuster, the private detective, he actually has a reference to his vacation home there. So, that was nice to know. But Halloween Hornets' extended queue was often used for a house, where in the original two Halloween Horror Nights, one being the original Fright Nights, and then in Halloween Horror Nights 2, it was Dungeons of Terror, and then Dungeons of Terror retold at Halloween Horror Nights 1 and at 2 and then in Halloween Horror Nights Sweet 16 it was retold so the original was just Dungeon of Terror at 1 and 2 and then in at the Carnival Carnage which is 17 it was used for Friday the 13th Camp Blood in the 18th year it was known as Reflections of Fear at the titular year of Reflections of Fear. Also, one of the great houses that gave me two of my favorite Halloween Horror Nights characters and lore, being Boris Sister and Dr. Mary Agana, a.k.a. Bloody Mary. And Saw Ripped from the Silver Screams at 19. Um, it, the Ripped from the Silver Screams year was super good, and the Saw House was not memorable. But the Ripped from the Silver Screams... Give me another character I adore being the Usher. But that's kind of really what it's all been used for. And you can ride this still, just not here in Florida. You can see a shark and the tram tour in Hollywood. But you can ride the ride in its entirety, just not understanding what they're saying in Japan. Unless you speak Japanese. Yeah, unless you speak Japanese, but... Well, I feel like people listening to this that speak Japanese. They might, but if you don't know what they say and you want to know, me and Luke, we decided we were going to try our best to spiel the ride for you guys. So, do you want to go first or do you want me to? Oh, I will ham it the hell up, so it's up to you. Uh, go ahead and flip let's... a coin. Let, let's let's say you go first. All right, let's let's go. And uh, I believe you have sound. Uh, this is base. You are cleared for departure, Amity Six. Have a good trip. Ten four. Oops. Ten four. Well, time to start our voyage. Wave goodbye to the happy land lovers. Wave goodbye, kids, and we're off. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome aboard Captain Jake's Amity Boat Tours. The best and only scenic cruise on the island. 
Changeman, and my name is Luke, and I'll be your skipper today as we visit the actual spots where, back in 97, 1974, that bad old shark Oz. Oops. Oh man, this guy's not having a good day. A Amity Six, the base. Did you copy that transmission? It sounded like Gordon on Amity Three. Can't be too far away. He was headed back in. Uh, we're we're picking up his distress signal now. Uh, keep an eye out for him. I'll call Chief Brody. Base clear. I I can't believe this. What what happened? Amity six to base. Amity three is sinking out by the lighthouse, and I I don't see any survivors. I don't know what could have done this, except a shark. Uh, Amity six. Uh, repeat that. SHARK! The biggest one I ever- Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! He's going under the boat. Base, what should we do? Uh, uh, try the grenade launcher. Over. The, 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 these things are loaded? Base! Two! Uh, missed again. Okay, come on, let's get out of here. This is- This is Amity 6! Tell Chief Brody we're gonna wait in the boathouse until he gets here, okay? Hello? Is anyone, uh, here? Did you hear something? No, it's continuing. Oh. oh, that's him! We gotta go! Oh no! It won't drop into gear, it won't drop it. Oh, come on, man! This isn't funny! Come on! <laughs> I, I got it! Hang out! We're, we're right out of here! Okay. Look out! Watch out! No, 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 no! Amity 6, this is Chief Brody. I'm on my way. I'll be there in 10 minutes. <laughs> 10 minutes? Oh, we'll be shark bait in 10 minutes. <laughs> Where is he? I don't, I don't see. Oh, no. Oh. Bad, bad, bad. Very bad. We, got, we gotta go. We gotta go for it. Yes. Okay, we made it. Okay. Hang on, everybody. We should be okay. We're gonna try and get off at the that old fishing dock over there. We'll unload one row at a time. Safety first, and watch that high voltage barge. Please stay seated with your arms inside the boat, and I think we can. Oh, God. Look! In my defense, they don't have timing on this script. <laughs> Oh no! Look! Eat this! Wait. Eat this! <laughs> there we go. Woo! That bo boy, that thing is disgusting. We <laughs> really roasted him. Chief, this is Amity 6. Call off the Marines, we are coming home! Ladies and gentlemen, I really wanted to end on Bunker People. I really want to thank you for your incredible bravery out there today. But hey, you know, 
probably shouldn't tell anyone what went on out there. I mean, <laughs> if word of this little fish episode were to leak out, that'd be it for Captain Jake and all the other businesses around here. So just, uh, keep it to yourselves, right? After all, we did get him. Didn't we? That was really funny. I had a lot of fun listening to that. I, I have a problem where I have to improvise. I, I don't yeah. think I could work at Universal. <laughs> well, with Universal, you have all of the moments where you're actually doing the ride. And having fun with improvising is what we get to do now. Yeah. But when working the ride, you could have definitely done it, I feel like. Because you would have had the grenade launcher and all your moments where you don't know what's going on. You're there being the skipper for the boat. Yeah, that's why I, uh, I, I don't think I could have pulled off universal jaws knowing how strict they are now i think i could easily do the train at bush gardens <laughs> probably i think you have a lot of fun with that my middle school teacher said the ideal job for me would be at the tram ride <laughs> at larry park zoo and i quote flirting with the guests it's like i'm sorry i don't flirt with people but nonetheless <laughs> <laughs> yeah did now, you, you want to take fun, a at least Oh, yeah, I, I like saying it right stupid now. shit. I've done, I've done, uh, I, I did the, the Kingpin monologue from the Daredevil show for my friends before. Um, oh, dude, that is such a good show. Yeah. There's, um, uh, there's one they wanted me to do earlier. I just completely forgot about, but I, I, I have, I guess, a tendency, a tendency to monologue, a tendency to rant, a tendency to improv and embellish. And all of that just kind of leads into, uh, a very good ability to sound horribly panicked on a, a flip of a dime. Yeah, I I think what I really like about this is, A, we have the script. It's actually out there, and we get to do this. So I'm actually going to go ahead and hop into the spiel as it's almost done rewinding. I'm, it, the, the audio system we use, it physically rewinds like second by second, and it's pretty interesting watching it go backwards. <laughs> um, but I, I genuinely enjoy like this. This script is super airtight. It tells you exactly what you need to do. But let's hop back into it. All right. Uh, this is Base. You're cleared for departure, Amity 6. Have a good trip. 10 4, and welcome to. Welcome. Time to start our voyage. Wave goodbye to you, happy land lovers. And we're off. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome aboard Captain Jake's Emily Boat Tours, the best and only scenic cruise on the island. My name is Keith, and I'll be your skipper today as we visit the actual spots where, in back 1974, the battle shark jaws devoured those poor innocent islanders. Now, as our first item of interest on your port side, the home of our very own Chief Brody of Police. Well, Brody really did blow up that shark back in 1974 and became a legend in his own time, or Schneider played him in the movie. And they made our little shark episode of. Amy six to base. Did you copy that transmission? It sounded like Gordon three on Amy on three. Four, we copied. He can't be too far away. He was headed back in. Uh, we're we're picking up his distress signal now. Uh, keep an eye out for him. I'll call Chief Brody. Base clear. I can't believe this. What happened? Amity 6 to base. This is Amity 3. Amity 3 is sinking out by the lighthouse. I don't see any survivors. I don't know what could have done this except... A shark! Uh, Amity 6, uh, repeat that? Shark! The biggest one I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, he's going in the boat. What, base, what should we do? 
Again, come on, let's get out of here. ME6, this is the ME6. Tell Chief Bodie we're waiting in the old boathouse until he gets here. Hello? Is anyone here? Did you hear something? Dropping the gear, come on, man. This thing isn't funny. Come on. I got it. Come on. Hang on, we're we're getting out of here. Look out! We'll be sharpie in 10 minutes. There is he. You didn't see him? Oh no. Oh no. Oh no, this is bad. This is very bad. We gotta go for it. Yes, we may now hang on everybody we should be okay we're trying to get we're going to try and get you off the old fishing dock we'll unload one row at a time and watch out for the high voltage barge please stay seated with your arms inside the boat i think we can oh no look Disgusting. We really roasted him. Chief, this is Amy Six. Call the Marines. We are coming home. Ladies and gentlemen, I really want to thank you today for the incredible bravery after the day. But hey, you know, we probably shouldn't tell anyone about what we're going on out there. I mean, if word would get out with this little fish episode, it would leak out and well that would be it for captain jake and all the other businesses around here so just keep it to yourselves all right and after this we did get them after all didn't we i i love this right it's so good and this spiel is again just like airtight and perfect and punchy and great well i think that honestly brings us to the end of our show Quick, quick update that I actually just found on Twitter less than 10 seconds ago. Mm -hmm. As of tonight, March 9th, 2023, uh, there is photographic evidence of fireworks going off at SeaWorld. Uh, rumor has it that they are testing for Ignite already, their big uh, summer and early fireworks show for the night. 
So awesome. Seeing that soon. That's gonna be awesome. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> well, as always, we had a great time. I, I always have fun. Oh yeah. And this episode was a really a, a work of love because I put a lot of love into this episode, and I'm very excited to everyone to it's listen. Been, it's been Keith's passion project for uh, two, three weeks now. Yeah, it really has been. I, I I try to figure out as much as I could. I read a few books. I read um, a it was the Amity Botors book where it's all about the making of the ride from inception to conception to everything along the line. It was super interesting to read. Um, a very wonderful book. I will be linking like a lot of my sources in the description for this episode as I did do a lot of research overall. Um, but I think that's really it. As always, you can find me at Demigod791 on Twitter and on Instagram and the like. And if you want to find the show, you can find the show at Pod from the Fog on Twitter. Um, and I think that will be it. I will catch you guys next time and hopefully without a shark. See y'all on the flip side. <laughs>